now you're over at the Krispy Kreme place ordering a dozen of them. Okay, you messed up. It's natural you're going to mess up. Why? Because you are very good at attaching to thought. Now you have to become adept at not attaching to thought. That is what you're doing when you're sitting meditating, is not attaching to thought. Not the apple, not the Krispy Kreme donut, but what, what attaches to it. That's what, that's what you're, you're doing. And you don't have to make it complicated. You just have to stay on your method. But now you know what you're doing when you're sitting to meditate. When you do this, this is very good. Why? Because it's at the, the foundation of wisdom. When the mind is able to calm down, when you get up off that cushion and you're walking around and you're talking to people and somebody says something insultive to you, you don't take the bait. You don't go for it. And you're aware of what is happening. Or you, you go, oh, let me help you. And you help somebody. You know, let me do this. Without any thought, you just do it naturally. And, and you begin to harmonize with people because you see more. Your mind is working faster. It's able to process more information. When you're in a non-chan state, your mind is like it has blinders. It misses everything. Have you ever seen somebody or tried to calm somebody down that was really, really mad? And even your, they're your friend and you're, you're going to them and you're going, calm down, calm down. And they go, get away from me. You know, they want to even hit you because they want to hit somebody else. Do you ever see something like that? They, they don't even know what they're doing anymore. But when, when you have a calm mind, it doesn't bother you. Once somebody wrote this article um, that was a, 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 against something that Shifu had written. It was a critical article. And the, the, the monks, they, they were there and they came in to see Shifu. He goes, Shifu, Shifu, look at, look at this. Look at what this professor wrote. You know, he wrote this damning article about you. You know, he goes, you need to, to, to respond to it like right now. And Shifu says, no. And he says, oh, if you don't, then I'll respond for you. He says, no. He goes, what do you mean? Look what he wrote. And he says, so, he said, that belongs to him. The moment I pick up my pen, it belongs to me. This is wisdom. This is wisdom to let things go, to, to, to not attach to things. One of the greatest things that I heard Master Shen Ying say was at the Roseland Ballroom. Uh, he was with the Dalai Lama. And he said to the Dalai Lama, you know, Tibetan Buddhism is the little brother to Chan. And it says, but to me it seems like Tibetan Buddhism has exceeded Chan. Some of the people that were the Chan practitioners, they were, they were not happy to hear that. They're, were you there for that? You heard them say that. They were, very, they were very shocked, like, how can you say that, Shifu? You know, it's like, what are you, like, like you know, we're learning from you and you're saying that, that, that they're better than us? And they were shocked. But I, I was stunned. I, I was going, I have never met a person more humble than that. Even the Dalai Lama didn't even know what to do at that moment. I mean, he, he, just, he just grabbed Shifu's hands and he bowed very deeply to him. Because he understood what Shifu was saying. He, he didn't have anything to give up. 
He didn't have anything to give up. But to others, they thought, oh, this is like, this is so, you know, how can you possibly do that? You know, you're going to lose all your followers, which he didn't do. But it was an incredible thing. This is wisdom. That's all I'm teaching you is wisdom. How mind works, how to use the mind, how to be clear about things. When thoughts arise in the mind, what happens? The way Shakyamuni Buddha became enlightened was he sat under the Bodhi tree, right? And do you remember that story? Many different types of of distractions, vexations arose before him. Some of them were Mara's daughters. Very beautiful. But yet he saw through appearances and realized that they would get old. Everything's tra transient, constantly changing. Armies would come and to want to, to kill him. How could they kill him? So he saw through the appearances. There was no fear, whatever it was, if it was spirits or ghosts or whatever, it didn't have any effect on him because he realized that his mind was very, very still. He saw through appearances. He saw that the suffering only comes from when you attach to something. So it's not the thing that you attach to, not the Krispy Kreme donut, thousand calorie Krispy Kreme donut. It is your rushing out to buy it, your idea that you want that, you're creating a desire for that, or the aversion to it that causes the problems. We don't see that, but when we meditate, what happens is that when we stay on our method, we're able to keep the method, and all of these appearances arise, and we learn from it. The mind teaches us, hey, look what's popping up here. Leave it alone and I'll show you some more. And what does it show you? At first, all you see is the Krispy Kreme donut, apple, Krispy Kreme donut. Later, it starts showing you these little tiny things that want to run out to attach to it. Or something that says, I'm tired, I'm sleepy. When's the meditation's over? I'm doing very well. All these different things that pop up in the mind. We take it to be us. And it isn't. It's just something that's appearing in mind. If it is has form of some kind, rupa, then it is phenomenal. It has a dharma dharu nature, means that it's impermanent. We can see that in an apple, we can see it in a donut, but we have to see that in the thoughts that arise in the mind. As the thoughts arise in the mind, let them go recognize that they are appearing on the screen. They appear on the screen. As you begin to practice in meditation, you become more adept at seeing this. In the beginning, you're not going to see this. Okay, You're just not going to be able to do that. It's going to be enough just for you to keep your legs crossed. But little by little, you're going to be able to see mind arising and if you can see the mind arising when you get up off that cushion you're no longer on the practice field of sitting there in a controlled environment meditating you're now up and you're in the game you're either in samsara or you're in chan if you're in samsara everything bothers you everything 
you attach to, I like, I dislike, you become a judge of the world. I don't like that. I like this. I want this. I don't want that. And, and then you suffer. You know, there's a, one person I know, she's always that way. And she's, she just loves fine things. But she doesn't like anything work-related. She, and she doesn't, you know, she only wants things perfect. How happy do you think she is? Not very happy, right? The other day I was in my office and uh, one of my, my clients said, oh, he goes, oh, you must be very busy. You know, you, you, you're, you're very busy all the time. You, and he says, and then you teach and everything else. Where do you have time to rest? And, and I said, I'm resting right now. And he says, huh? I said, yes, I'm resting. I'm resting from driving to work. So now I'm taking a rest from driving to work and I'm talking to you. And after I talk to you, then I'll, I'll take a rest from talking to you and eat lunch. Not bad. So I don't have to wait around for that perfect moment that one of those types of those old beer commercials where those, those guys are there on the lake and the sunset's going down and their feet are up and they say, it doesn't get any better than this. And the thing is, how many moments do you have like that in your life? And do you wait for those moments? You, you waste your whole life that way, and you suffer so much if that happens. I, the other day I remembered the movie, there was a Jim Carrey movie where he had some kind of a m mechanism that enabled him to fast forward through all the unpleasant parts of his life. I don't remember the name of the movie, Anybody remember it? Remote. remote? Yeah. And, and he, he could just, with the remote, that's what it was. He could just fast forward through all, so I'm going to work. <laughs> you know? But what the remote would do is he would remember his preferences. So in the morning, he would be done. Because he didn't like driving to work. He didn't like, you know, uh, uh, work. He didn't like driving home. And after a while, like in five minutes, he lived his whole life. <laughs> is that what you want to do? Chan gives you this life. Chan gives you the ability to 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 be constructive in this in this world. It gives you this this time where where you think that oh this is so suffering this is so bad this is this way or that way. No, it isn't. It you don't have to to be this way. All you have to do is just see things clearly, and to take a rest in the present moment. Master Shen Yang taught me that, and when he said that, I was floored. I mean, it was like, okay, you know, I thought I knew it all, and he said something so simple like that. And I was like, that's it? That's pretty cool. And just that helped me so much in my life. If you do that, and you every moment you're taking a rest, like today, take a rest from working. You don't have to go to work. You had the day off, and yet now you're already on Monday. You fast-forwarded. <laughs> you did the reverse. Remote control. Remote control. You, re you fast-forwarded into your work day. Enjoy the weekend. Relax, you know. And, and if you do this, you'll find when self arises. What our problem is is that we're like... Um, 
like a computer. And we have a, a virus. Chan is like an antiviral program. What does a virus do to a computer? Anybody is a computer geek or technician? <laughs> Who? You are? Okay. What does a virus do to a to a computer? Changes the files within it. And and, and damages it. And how does it do that? One file at a time. Okay, but I put it in, right? It's harmful and I put it in. And and what does a computer accept it? Does it convince the computer that it's a, a legitimate operating system? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll teach you about computers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but it, it convinces it that it's a legitimate program. It's self-authenticating. And it tricks the CPU, it tricks the computer into thinking that it's, it should be there. And, and it protects itself, right? When you try to get it out, it, it, it has a defense mechanism. Don't listen to him. If you do, you're going to disappear. You need me. I'm the one that told you to yell at your boss. You know, you need me. And it, it does all this bad stuff. But yet, you know, we listen to it. We think that it's necessary to run it. So it's like you're running an operating system, right? And you're 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 word perfect, and then all of a sudden, instead of what you sh should be writing, it says, "I'm tired. I want to take a break. I'll come back in five minutes, huh? You know, C could you please wash my screen? What? You know, and and it's doing everything. Can't, don't you want to run? Let's what run like uh, um, like one of the games. What's the the a popular game now? I'm sure you know it. <laughs> Don't feign ignorance. Huh? One of like like the World War II ones or whatever they have, or they have games. I want to run that, and and it does that. I want to paint my nails, or I need to do whatever. Sound like you? Why are you listening to that? Why don't you do the work you're supposed to do? But instead, you're messing up. You're not doing the things. You're not functioning right. Why? You ready for this? Because you're the virus. You're the virus. If we run an antiviral program right now on all of you, yourself is not going to be there. Wow, it's scary, huh? Don't worry, calm down. You are the virus give you ancient story. There was one time when um, these two monks were fighting over a cat. And uh, they, they, one of them had brought the cat to the, to the monastery, but the cat liked this other monk to sleep with him. So then they were like pulling on the cat, right? And so then finally they decided they're gonna go to the master to, to, um, to solve the problem. So one of them said, the cat belongs to me. The other one says, the cat belongs to me. So the master cut the cat in half. And they, all, they each got a half of the cat, that's fair, except for the cat. 
<laughs> when one famous, to be famous master came, Baisong came back from town, um, from from his uh, begging rounds. He he went to the master because people saying, "Yo, you got to go in and see what happened." You know, they're all like, all the monks were all excited about what had happened. So when he heard the story, the master told him what the story was. Baisong put his his slippers on the top of his head and walked out of the room. Because he was showing that they were upside down in their thinking. They weren't they believed they could attach and that that cat was actually theirs. And and all of this came from this idea of greed and ignorance that they could actually own a cat. And anybody who has a cat probably knows you can't own a cat. The cats own you. But in any case the idea is is that it's a something that you have to see how mind works. If you lose yourself, you'll still be here. You're not going to lose any weight. You're not going to get any younger. You're just going to make a lot less mistakes in your life. You're going to be a more productive person. You're going to harmonize with people. You're going to help people, like the people here, build a center. Because all of a sudden, that's more important than watching who got eliminated from American Idol. And so when you see things like that, all of a sudden, you work right. But that part that you were afraid of losing, the idea of the self, it's illusory. It, it's like this. It's just appearing on the screen. So you don't have to calm it down. It's already by its nature calmed down. It's settled. All you have to do is use wisdom to look into mind to see how it works. And you, and you know from Pratika Samapada that if you're always angry, you're going to be angry. There was a, um, a young monk that went to his master and he said, Shifu, can you help me? He says, what's wrong with you? He says, I'm always angry. I'm always angry. And he says, and the, and the master said, well, show me your anger. And he said, I, I'm not angry right now. I can't show it to you. You have to wait until I get angry. And he said, well, if you cannot show me your anger right now, then it's not part of you. If it was, you'd be able to show me right now. It would be your, your true nature. But because you can't, it's not. It's phenomenal. And when you understand that, then you understand how mind works Wisdom is, is easy. It's easy. The only difference is that we have to make choices in our life. Do we choose to continue practicing vexations, attachments, desire, hatred, ignorance, through body, speech, and mind? Or do we choose to take the slippers off the top of our head and put them on our feet? It's very clear. One master, after he became enlightened, he wrote, It wasn't until today that I realized my nostrils pointed downward. What does that mean? Maybe today you might understand it a little bit more. Everything is as it is perfectly in the way it is. And if you had your nostrils pointing up, it, don't walk in the rain. It's clear, as clear, and what he's saying is it's clear as the nose on your face. You may think you can't see it, but it's right before your very eyes. 
He's just giving you so simple of wisdom. Incredibly simple wisdom. That's all you need. And if you practice with this wisdom, let's see what time we got. If you practice with this wisdom, you will find that it will work very, very well for you. That's all you have to do. But what we do is that we want to run the viral program and and get rid of the virus, but we want to stay there. We want to be there. We want to get enlightened. Don't worry about that. You make a vow to become enlightened, but you use your both eyes to practice. That's all you have to do is practice. And you understand, now you have a better idea how mind works, right? You know, things happen naturally. They arise in mind. They have to appear. I have to appear somewhere. I appear in mind. Nowhere else than that. Just in mind. There was once this one nun. She was a very good practitioner. And on a full moon night, she went to the well to get uh, water. And as she was coming back, she noticed that the moon was reflected in the water. But in one moment, the bottom of the bucket broke. And boom the moon was gone. And so too were her vexations. In that moment she became enlightened. You say, why did she become enlightened? Why is it that she became enlightened? You have to want to see that. You want to have to look and say, what does that mean? But that moon was illusory. It was a reflection. What she did was she realized what the true moon was. What is the true moon? Mind. Mind is the true moon. Where is it found? There's no place it's not found. Okay? If you practice with this understanding, you will be clear about what you're doing when you're sitting to meditate. If not, you will be vexed. Once I went to a retreat and I had um, this young boy was sitting or standing in front of me and we were doing walking meditation in the forest. And I think it was like May or June or something. So at that time um, in the forest, there's a lot of bugs. And and we're walking like this. And and all of a sudden, a, a mosquito comes by and he, he starts going like that. And I my first uh, thought was, big mistake. And because mosquitoes read the heat and they read the motion. Everybody else is invisible because they're walking like this. But he didn't like that little buzzy sound. So my second thought was more um, selfish, which was better you than me. Because I knew it was going to happen to him. That mosquito put out a call to all the mosquitoes probably within a square mile. And he was literally, they were like, like, like satellites rotating around him. And he was like this, like he was doing the lambada or whatever they do, you know, and moving his hands. And I felt so bad for him because I kept, I wanted to just quiet, don't move, don't move, don't move your mind, don't move things. But he was, it was miserable for him. He was suffering. He didn't realize he was causing his own suffering. Did not realize that. That he, but that's wisdom. And you see that, and, you, and you, you feel sorry for them, and you want to tell them and, and help people. Because wherever you go, you realize that people cause their own suffering. I am not perfect. 
When I'm Gilbert, I suffer just like the best of you. I got a black belt in suffering. When I'm not Gilbert, I don't suffer. And I help people to not suffer. When I come to teach, I try to put Gilbert in the corner. Leave him alone. You don't want to listen to him. Okay. But I just talk. I just talk naturally to you. Why? Because I make a vow that I want to deliver every sentient being that I run into. And I want to deliver before I deliver myself. So the first thing is you need to practice very well because I'm not very patient. So you have to be delivered before me. But I make that vow. Not bad. Now your life has a function. It has something that you're going to do. So for instance, here's a wisdom eye-opener. Does What is your plan for life? Do you have a plan? IRA, 401k, vacation in the Bahamas, punch out kids, retire and die. Does, do you have a plan? Oh, of course you do. You're too humble. Honestly. Huh? You have I mean, a, depending on what you mean by plan. Yeah. Well, I have a plan for, for, for this year and stuff like that, but for long term. I mean, we, we all die eventually. <laughs> what is your purpose here? What is my purpose here? Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, we all know that. Huh? <laughs> we all know that. No, I don't think some people know that. Don't be too humble. No, 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 I'm not humble. The idea is is that what are we doing here? What can you accomplish? What can you not accomplish? A couple of weeks ago with Shifu's um, um, uh, kind of a memorial for him and uh, giving um, respect to him on, on the second year of his passing. And I told the group that I was addressing at that time that I had practiced with many different types of uh, of masters, and uh, from kung fu masters to qigong masters, and they all had these like little powers and stuff that they could do. And um, I remember the first one that I ran into when he could move somebody with his hands without touching them. And I went, "Wow, that's that's something. That's pretty good." And I started practicing with him, and then I realized I could do the same thing. But not only that but I realized that I could teach others to do that. So it wasn't that of a power, was it? And I used to teach people that just simply so they wouldn't get enthralled with the idea of, of that kind of power as being somebody who was truly wise. On the other hand, I never saw Shifu use any kind of a skill like that, but he was the most powerful person that I ever met. Truly the most powerful person because it wasn't that he could move one person without touching him. He moved millions of people. He, in a very short time period, he created a university. He wrote countless books. He brought people to the Dharma. That's true power. That's true power. Why? Because he had a plan. He had a plan. 
So when I say, what is your plan? What is your plan here on earth? What can you do? What can you do? You follow the great four great vows. First vow, I vow to deliver innumerable sentient beings. That's the first one. Why? Because if you can put others before yourself, if, if you make a vow to deliver others before yourself, it's the initial generation of a, the Bodhi heart of a Bodhisattva. You start thinking about others, how you can help other people. It, you don't worry about your time. You don't worry about, oh, you know, uh, I, I could be doing something else with my time right now doesn't even come into play you just do what you need to do and and when I'm with my family I try to spend the best quality time I can with my family when I'm here I spend the best time I can trying to teach the Dharma that's so unique to this group now the I teaching essentially the same lecture I taught on Wednesday night but I guarantee you if you listen to the lecture it can be transcribed it's totally different why because it's unique to this particular group and this particular group's needs. And this is how you follow function. You listen. We don't listen. We don't listen with our heart. We don't listen this way because we're too thought caught up with the self. Let the self go. The mind is free. It's called freedom and ease of body and mind. Once you do that, it makes it easy for you to practice. We make it hard. But the practice is very, very easy. And most importantly, it's really good. It, it will produce results in your life that are going to be positive. It's not going to inoculate you from 